Oh, my God, you're going to have a lot of catchers. Yeah. How, how, did Blum make, how, did, how did Blum make it on the show as an uh, infielder? Sure. Uh, good question. He's good. You have to be really good. Blum's, Blum is a good dude. He don't like you. Got stature. He does like he you. He don't like me. Wait, he, he likes me. He doesn't like you. I had fun covering him. That's not true. I had fun covering him. He was a good dude. I was happy to see him uh, win the World Series. It's kind of nice when guys you cover a little bit mm-hmm. and are decent dudes end up winning. It's kind of nice. It makes you feel good. It's always good. It's always good to go down to a clubhouse after a World Series or a postseason win, and there are guys that you covered earlier in your career who haven't won. And are winning. It's so you take feeling. full credit for his career. Is what no, you're saying. but it was cool. <laughs> That's what you're saying. No, I'm not saying. That. I'm saying. You know what? I'm saying. I wrote about it. No. <laughs> but it is like it was cool going down when Pedro Martinez finally won. It was cool going down Pedro into the end of the clubhouse though. when yeah. Pedro won his it World was, Series. It, it really was. It really. I'm was. I'm with you. Yeah. Um. That's just. It's, yeah. It's a good feeling. It's a good feeling. What can I say? Especially if you're a baseball fan, it's a good feeling. And if the dudes have been were decent to you, it's it's even better. Right. Uh, today's trivia question. To win a pair of tickets to see the Jays and Yankees at the Rogers Center on September 28th, who knows? You could see history being made then. Oh. And uh, all you have to do to get those tickets is text the correct answer to our daily baseball trivia question. Text it to 59590. Yesterday we asked you which Yankees player holds the record for the most World Series wins as a player? Yogi Berra. Yeah, I got that right away. Mm, We both did. I got this one right away. I didn't. You didn't. Which Yankees pitcher holds the Yankees record for most career strikeouts? Text the answer to 59590 for your shot. The win, see rules at sportsnet.ca slash 590. Which Yankees pitcher holds the Yankees record for most career strikeouts? Lance Kennedy, our technical director, and myself got this mm. right away. Hmm. I you did. had a good guess. You had a good guess. A solid guess. It was a solid guess. It was, yeah. But not the right one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's wrong. You were wrong. You were wrong. It's not obvious. Ah, uh, really? I got it that's, like in that's two not seconds. Who, that's not <laughs> really. Yeah, it was pretty <laughs> obvious. Lance, didn't you think of that? <laughs> what did what did you say? So you don't, if you, if, I don't like that you can say stuff say. into his ear and I can't hear it. I just, I just figured that out. You know, I've only been doing this job for a year. I just figured out everything should go through me. You think so? Huh? Yeah. There's no need to talk to Doesn't Barker. Work that way. There's no need to talk to Barker. Uh, I mean, there just isn't. It's funny though. Well, I guess if you think it's funny. <laughs> you got it right. I got it wrong. Is this true that the game starts tonight at 645? Wait, let me look. Why? Ask Ratsy. He knows. Yeah, that's right. 645. Both games. Why? 645. Here I've been saying seven. Thursday is 640. Oh, well, that. Oh, maybe we'll do that. Eric Kratz, Phillies analyst, (laughs) former MLB catcher, former teammate of Kevin Barker. Uh, Don't tell anybody. Joins us in Blair and Barker. Six forty-five is an odd time to start Weird. a baseball game. It's odd. You got. I mean, you gotta. You gotta get the kids to bed for school tomorrow. It's a great uh, point. I guess, but I mean, if they speed the game up next year, are we gonna go back to seven o'clock? That's next start? year. That's true. 
this year. Yeah, we're yeah. not. We're not. Yeah, we're. Yeah, we're, we're talking about. We're talking about today. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Let's that's go, true. Jeff. Clean it up. All right. All right. Uh, so today's game is at six forty-five. Uh, what difference has Rob Thompson made to this uh, Phillies team, Eric? They're winning. Okay. Next <laughs> is that, question. Is that a good, is that a good enough that's answer? A, that's that's a, good, a great answer. That's good. Uh, what did he bring I, that Joe Girardi didn't? I, I couldn't I couldn't have been more in the Joe Girardi camp when he came here, having him as a manager in New York. His ability to talk to players, his ability to handle different uh, media obligations mm-hmm. that you that you get in New York, that you get in Philly, the exact opposite of what I thought Gabe Kapler was mm-hmm. or is. You know, he was a real, genuine person. And I couldn't be even more excited for what Rob has been able to do. He has been – Kevin, you, you know it. There's bench coaches that you've had that you're like, that guy – is a reason that we are winning also. Not that the manager is hurting you. Mm -hmm. It's just the bench coach has a different relationship in the sense of he's kind of like your uncle where the manager has to be your parent. And the uncle is like a guy you have – you have confidence in, you can go to him and be like, man, like this sucks. My dad is always griping at me. But – Topper has taken that uncle status and all the street cred he's built up with those guys, young guys, veterans, all that stuff, and rolled it into being a manager and a decision maker, and he's gained their trust immensely through some ups and downs of the seasons. And that's the biggest thing I think that he's done. He, I mean, he, he is going to be the manager next year, is he not? For sure. I mean, I don't have a direct line to the Middletons or to Dombrowski, but I think if Dombrowski doesn't bring him back, or I don't think Sam Folds got that clout mm-hmm. on that decision, but I think I think they might be uh, they might be running somebody else out of town if they don't bring him back. <laughs> Kratzy, be honest with me. Can the Phillies beat the Mets or the Braves in the playoffs? Be honest. They can beat the Braves. Just the Braves. I have not seen. I have not seen them make the adjustment against the Mets, and the Mets. I mean, it has been series after series of just three runs scored in the series, and you you guys have seen it up there with strikeouts. Teams that strike out, if you have a good approach, pitching wise as a team. You can just run into a whole series where a team just goes flat and cold. And that's the thing I've seen against the Mets that they haven't been able to make the adjustment. They're looking for the big home run. They're looking for that, like, all right, well, maybe the next person and maybe the next person, which is good, except the series is over and you've scored two runs in three games. So – we know that uh, Zach Wheeler is scheduled to pitch on Wednesday. In his absence, Bailey Falter's been pretty good, uh, to, to, to say the least. How, how, how does Rob Thompson play this with Noah Syndergaard and Bailey Falter? And, and clearly Zach Wheeler. <laughs> Zach Wheeler's going to be in the rotation. But what, what will the impact be on, on those two arms? That is that's a great question. Uh, I mean, you... You have the name, you have the clout, you have the trade, the fact that they traded for 
Noah, and and Noah did really well coming into it. I think you you didn't say like what are the Phillies going to do? You said what's Rob Thompson going to do? And I think that's that's the big thing is he I've I've been in his office, you know, working with the radio. We talk before games and you hear about his just how he approaches things and questions like this come up that we just kind of rap about baseball and he's like that decision that like that moment where he has to tell Noah Syndergaard he's coming out of the bullpen during the playoffs mm. if Bailey Falter has to go game three or like the next time in the rotation Bailey's got the next spot in the rotation and Noah's going to piggyback with with Wheeler possibly and he said he's already he's already made those relationships okay. he said if he has to come to the point let's okay so Wheeler's thrown tomorrow if he has to come to the point today and the first time he approaches Noah and says it at this point he's like I can't I can't I can't make a good decision no matter what mm-hmm. I do because I haven't made that relationship and so it's a it's a concerted effort by Topper to have those relationships to be able to make these decisions and I think I think it's very similar to what Schneids is doing up in Toronto Schneids has been with those guys in the bushes. He was grinding it out in, you know, terrible spreads in double a, he was, you know, he's on the backfield and instructs with these guys. There's different kind of street cred when you have a guy that has been where you've been and will walk a mile in your shoes. Yeah, the last time uh, Noah Syndergaard pitched out of a bullpen in a regular season game was May thirty first, two thousand sixteen. So, um, but yeah, I mean, look, it, it's and at this point, you've got to do because you you don't have your playoff spots sewing up. At this point, if you're Rob Thompson, you've you've essentially got to go with what gives you the best chance to win. And it's absolutely, that it's that simple. Absolutely. What do you see? That, that decision's easy now. And this this time of season, everybody's all about winning. You right. know, very few That's people it. are like. We, I want me right now. You know, it's easy to get somebody to commit to something right now. What are you seeing with Bryce Harper? Man, I just think, I just think he's still rehabbing. I think there's there's a timing issue. There's left-handed hitters with power have to get that timing going. And I thought I'd see him come out of it when he when he hammered the opposite field homer uh, about a week ago, I think it was about a week. When you retire, Barker, all your time is it's <laughs> all it's all similar. It's all similar, but the uh, it, it's you know he he's got the ability to drive the, the ball. 14th so he many hit parts it. Of the 14th he hit it. Okay, okay. Against the Marlins. So, yeah, so, at the Marlins. So it was a week ago. Yeah, and that's a big ballpark. Hammered it out there and like to be able to get that swing going against against a good pitcher that night too it's like okay now now he's going to get going and i think and i think some of it's going to have to be for him is bide his time continue he didn't need more rehab if he goes more rehab against minor league guys he might face one guy that's going to show him two pitches a night that he's going to mm. see up in the big leagues. And so he's got it. He's got to rehab here. I think mixing him in the three, four spot is huge Yeah, because now, now because of the three batter minimum, you're bringing in a lefty to face Schwarber 
hopefully Hoskins in the two hole and then Harper, if he's in the three hole or you split it up and you go Hoskins boom and then Harper and then two more righties. So it's like, you know, maybe, maybe he's not, he's not swinging it like he should right now, but mixing up where he's at in the lineup improves the lineup so much because they just can't key on Harper and Schwarber all the time. Is it curveball? Is it velocity? What is it that he's having trouble with? Yes. Or both? Yes. Both. It's both. You can see him sitting on things. You can see him, you can see him taking his pitches. I think he's chasing. I, I, you know, I don't have, I don't have the numbers Mm -hmm. in front of me, but I think his chase is a little bit more than what he does. And when I say chase, he's swinging at borderline pitches. He's not, he's not flailing. He's swinging at borderline pitches. And I don't think it's necessarily that he can't hit those. I think he's missing the fastball straight back and he's, and he's rolling over on the curveball. And I think if he can, I know it sounds crazy because I said, oh, he's got to stay the opposite field. Yeah. But I think he's got to click everything just to tick out front. That gets the back. Fastball. Yeah. Go ahead. That no, gets back ahead. To, well, that gets back to my first question. Without him, can they beat the Braves and the Mets without him? Without him? Being Bryce Harper. No. There you no. go. There you go. Uh, Eric, I, I know he, as, as a former member of the Yankees, I was wondering how you're viewing what Aaron Judge is doing right now and um, um, what it must be like to be on that team with Judge going for this record with kind of the drama of the Yankees, their lead being diminished from whatever it was, what, 15 and a half games to five and a half. It's New York. It's going to be a big deal. What must, what must that clubhouse be like now? Or I don't know, maybe you've talked to guys. What's that clubhouse like? It is, it's better recently. <laughs> the guys, the guys that I've been talking to, you know, you send the old, the old, I don't send emojis cause I'm a man and I weigh 250 pounds. So if you, if you drink protein powder, you do not send emojis. So I don't know if that, that I'm equates with you. to Canada, but no, that anyway. makes sense. That, that is, Let I think your that, wife send it. that's an international rule, Eric. I, I think the United that's, Nations has, has mm. deemed that as an international rule. Yes. I like that. I like that, but I do send gifts. Yeah. And so, so I send those and like, sometimes, you know, they'll send me back like the panic emoji <laughs> or the panic, the panic gift, like somebody running around. Right. And I, in the last, in the last week and a half, it's gotten, it's gotten better, but it's something that what he's doing and they have the opportunity to watch it in, it's not really a playoff hunt anymore. You know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like you guys up in Toronto there, you're going to make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of where, and that's a huge thing. That's a huge, huge thing. Like if you get that for, for the Yankees, if they get that by, that's big. And the fortunate thing about a guy like Judge doing it, he's not a distraction. While, while the record is a distraction, while everything that he's doing is a distraction, he's not a distraction. I've played on teams where guys have been going for MVPs at the end of the season, and it's like where, you've already, where we've already clinched a playoff spot, and it, like, it becomes about them. Well, I, I got to play. I got I to gotta play. Well, are you ready for the – are you ready for the playoffs here? Like, 
do you need a break? Well, I got to play. I got to play. And then I also played on a team where Christian Yelich did the exact same thing in 2018. He came into the last day vying for the triple crown. Mm -hmm. Arenado ended up hitting two home runs in the last day. And Yelly and Judgy are so much alike in the sense that they're like, I could care less. Like, let's get this thing done. We needed to win the last game of the season to force a 163. And they're both so similar in the sense that they're like, hey, it's great if I do this, but this next at-bat could mean we go home or we have a worse seating in the playoffs. And so I know for those guys in New York that they couldn't be happier for this guy. They couldn't be like more excited to pull for him. And he couldn't be more excited for Oswaldo Cabrera to hit, go three for four mm-hmm. or Kyle Higashioka to hit, you know, a homer out of the nine spot. You know, it's, it's, it's different when you have a superstar that cares about the superstar and when you have a superstar that cares about the team. Mm. Yeah, it's, uh, boy, you know, you think of all the things. His walk year, uh, you know, uh, what's going on with the man. Mets right now, That's how much crazy. money the Mets are spending and all that, and and the team. And you're right. He has not been a distraction. We, you know, I always say to Kevin, we like we, we, I, I look at some of the, the post-game interviews, and Aaron Judge has given the same answer since since day one. And, you know, I think there's a natural tendency to look at the guy and say, is he really like that? I, th- I think he really is like that. 100%. You know? it's, it's amazing. There's few guys that I've played with that, you know, the examples that, that come to mind are Jim Tomey and Michael Young. You hear so much about those guys when they come into the locker room, this is just an unbelievable guy, unbelievable guy. And you're like, so many people have built him up. It can't be this great. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, man, people kind of undersold him. And you're like, how did they undersell him? Like you're sitting there like you're pumping this guy up too much. Aaron judge is in that realm. He is so engaged. He is so genuine it's so real too. Like it's like you don't look at him and like, hi hey man, like just just take a break. Like when's the shoe gonna drop? When are you gonna like say something stupid? Because he, but he doesn't. Because it's just not. It's not who he is. It's not who his parents raised him to be. And it is. It's so refreshing to have a guy like that in the locker room because I would see day in and day out what he goes through. Like I. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get, you know, the kind of scrutiny for one, but then also what's asked of him, like who, who asks things of him. And it's everybody wants to be around Aaron judge and he's six foot seven. So he can't hide anywhere. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like you can go in a corner. No. Really good of you to do this. My friend. Thanks so much. Thanks a lot. Good to see you. Good to hear from you. No doubt, boys. Thanks for having me on. This was super quick. We'll do it again. (laughs) Absolutely. Take care. (laughs) That's Eric Kratz, Phillies analyst. Spoken like somebody who has a lot of kids, too. Yeah, a ton. Faster the better. Yeah. Uh, He's great. Interesting insight on on Aaron Judge. Yeah. Are you surprised Aaron Judge could win a batting title? A little. 
Like six, the seven, other, six, the other seven, stuff, the, six, power, seven. The, the, six, the, seven. the power and all that. And six, yeah, seven. Six, eyes seven are so, eyes are so far away from the strike zone. What is your strike zone? How do you continue to not swing and you're at righty. something that's not in your strike zone? Yeah, he's hitting like three over 330 against right-handed pitching. Yeah. Like, I, it's, it's nuts. Like, it's, he's perfected him, not hitting him, which is he's different than everybody else except the other giant that's on his team, which might have been the biggest signing that they've had because now he can go to that other giant and Stanton and go, hey, dude, when you're not doing this, how do you correct it? Well, come with me. Mm-hmm. I, it's, I just, I do the, the one commercial that he has, I think he said he told somebody he's going to hit 50 again. But did you see what he was working off of? The T and the elevated T. And his feet were close together. I just find that interesting. That the T is so boring. How dare you ever use the T? Why well, are you they, using the T? With all the technology well, available now. You know what now? the T does? The T gives you a level swing. It keeps your barrel in the hitting zone a long time. It's amazing how what guys, guys go back to it. With all <clears throat> no, the technology so. guys you, used to, you don't think, think they do? I think you're married to it or you're oh, not. No, that's what I mean. But I, no, 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 what no, I, I mean is guys are married. They, it, with all the technology and all that, guys will still go back to the T if they believe in thing. it. It's, it's more about, huh. uh, you know, keeping the stride foot. Because he, yeah, again, he's such a big dude that how big's too big of a stride for him? Yeah. Where is it? For him to be working on a tee and see his feet close together so he can get the feel of when the front foot hits the ground, where is my front foot compared to where my front shoulder's at, where my hands are at, where my barrel will be at the point of contact. The easiest way to do that is to get a tee, sit it there, and have the ball not moving. So you have to do everything to make the ball go in a different direction. It's the perfect drill. It's perfect, it's, but it's so boring that nobody wants to do it. Just for him, that every time I see that commercial, I don't even know who he's talking to. He's talking to somebody. I think it's on the Yankees' website. It's funny you mention that. Where right? he's holding the, somebody's, and he looks right over to the guy and says, or person, and right. says, I'm hitting 50 again. And then he's, he takes a swing off a tee with his feet close together. I just, I was going, there's a reason why he's doing that, and maybe I'm the only person that noticed that part of it. That's funny. Instead be- of the giant human saying he's going to hit 50 again, because I know why they played that. I went down in the uh, the hitting cages at the Rogers Center a couple of years ago to talk to Lloyd McClendon for a piece I was doing, and the Tigers are in town. And there are a couple of guys down there. And um, Miguel Cabrera was down there. Mm-hmm. And so I you know, knocked, stuck my head, and asked Lloyd if I could talk to him. He said, sure. I said, well, I'll wait till after... Miggy's done. He said, no, he's doing the T. We'll go and do it now. <laughs> and yeah. I just thought that was, there was Miguel no, hey, Cabrera using the T. Well, you said, are, are you surprised he's hitting 300? Nope. That t- I am because he's 6'7". Yeah. I'm not because of just that little commercial. Now, I've never been behind All closed right. doors. I've never seen him in a batting cage because they won't let you. Yeah. But just that commercial and watching him take that swing off that T. He's ma- again, he's mastered him. Which is the most important part of it, because there's only like another, one more of him in baseball. People always say <laughs> like, that that one of the keys, Darren Judge, is that he's very comfortable in his skin, and I think that would probably be an extension as well. Maybe that shortstop in Pittsburgh, know six, yourself, seven, two, I think, right? Any six seven? The shortstop well, in Pittsburgh. You know, you, it's funny because I was thinking about this when we talked about O'Neill Cruz. I think he's six seven. He is. Yeah. And and I was talking about ah, you know, watched him and saw throwing all this. He said six seven. He's like he's going to have to. 
He is Jeff, but I saw him take. He's going to have to I, do some. I saw him take a two-one two-seamer from Stripling and go left center in Pittsburgh on a line. Yeah. It's like 116 miles an hour. I mean, that's not human to do that. You have to have talent. You have to. <clears throat> you have to be very athletic. You have to be in tune with where all the parts. I think that, for me, is the most important part of it. You walk up to a dude, and he's just a giant. And then he walks up, and you see him hitting 316 with 59 and however many ribbies he's got. And you wonder, how is he keeping that connected? Manoa. What's the first thing you you talk about? Is how does he keep it connected and in line so yeah. he can repeat that over and over again so he can throw three or four different pitches where he wants them to go? Hitting's no different. I'm a giant human. How do I get A to B as quick as A can B can get there? That's what. That's why I said it's just kind of cool to watch that little commercial. I, I, I look at it differently than most people when I just saw him being close together, because I used to try and do that, sort of like a walk-up drill, get you in the flow, it gets you feeling your lower half, it gets you where your landing foot is, your front foot. It's sort of like your anchors. Where's your tree trunks? Your anchors going would, with the point of contact and doing off a tee is kind of cool. Would you stress to young hitters, like kids, without a doubt, that T-work, 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 T-work. Start there. It's, it's, uh, Instead of going into cage and having somebody. Athletic. Yeah, because you don't really. I mean, that's the last step. It's if I can take a set of tee up and I can take a, a ball off a tee and can, can hit a ball to right center field of a net. Like that's the, yeah. you know, if you're right handed, right center field. If I can do that four or five times in a row, then you can graduate up to something else. But it's just. Shoulder, you know, it's getting in that athletic position to where you can repeat it over and over and over again. What better way to do it than to be able to move the tee around? You can put the tee as high as you want, as low as you want. You know, Vladdy's doing that low tee thing, which is the silliest thing I've ever heard of. Coming off the year he's coming, I just will never understand that. You give one of the best hitter, right-handed hitters in baseball something else to think about. Really? You had 350 last year. With, I... But, yes, the, the answer to your question is absolutely. Start there and then move up. Caleb Joseph is our Blue Jays central analyst, former Blue Jays catcher as well. It's the all-catcher hour with Kratz and Joseph. It is a 645 first pitch tonight in Philadelphia between the Jays and the Phillies. Ross Stripling on the mound against Kyle Gibson. Caleb Joseph joins us to preview it. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fans, Sportsnet 360, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your favorite podcast. Starting Monday, be sure to tune into the J.D. Bunkus podcast weekday mornings at 9 on Sportsnet 590, the fan, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. I, I just don't I don't understand the uh, the atmosphere in here today. Ah, that's the word, huh? Yeah, it's just it's a little it's a little odd. It's, it's probably because there was an off day yesterday. You think that's what it was? Baseball. Yeah, that, that's not it. That's not, I watch baseball. <laughs> that's not it. Mm-hmm. New. No. You showed up. You showed up in a mood today. Oh, it's different today. I was different. You were different. You gonna apologize? Not a chance. 
Have you apologized to me? Several times. For eight years of this. Several times. Is it eight years? I think it's eight years. Several times I've apologized to you. I don't remember that. I'll apologize right now if you want. Kevin, I'm sorry. <laughs> for what? For oh, so many things. <laughs> yeah. Write it down on a piece of paper so I can check them off do that. the list. N never, never, never write it down on paper. Jays and Phillies open a brief two-game series tonight. 6.45 first that? pitch. Ross Stripling against Kyle Gibson. The uh, Jays, I think we, we're now going to say the Jays are in the playoffs. They're trying to figure out home field advantage and all that. The mm -hmm. Phillies, Phillies still have some heavy lifting to do uh, in order to secure the playoff spot. Uh, interesting, our conversation with uh, Eric Kratz a little earlier about Wednesday's start, Gosman against Zach Wheeler, and how Noah Syndergaard is going to be moved into the bullpen uh, because of the emergence of of, of Bailey Falter mm -hmm. going forward. So that certainly gives uh, Rob Thompson another, another weapon in the back of the bullpen. Caleb Joseph is Blue Jay Central Analyst. Of course, a former major league catcher, mm -hmm. and he joins us on Blair and Barker. Caleb, thanks so much for joining Kevin and myself. The reason I mentioned the Noah Syndergaard thing is we we talked to Jeff Blum, uh, Astros analyst, about how the Astros are going to handle having you know they've got a they've lot. got they got a ton of starting pitchers. <laughs> really they basically have two rotations, <laughs> and they're going to have to figure out. How, how, they're going going to use, how they're going to use four starters out of the bullpen, yeah. including this guy, Hunter Brown, who's young and is, is lights out. Same with the Phillies now. The Phillies made that big trade deadline acquisition of Noah Syndergaard. Now they've had a guy come through. Syndergaard will likely go to the bullpen. And, and I'm wondering from your experience, do we make, and, and we may see something with the Jays, right? And the, the they may right. need to use one of their... For starters, they may have to use them in the bullpen in, in, in the playoffs, depending how the schedule shakes out. Is it? Do we make a big deal about guys, too big a deal about guys going from the rotation to the bullpen in the postseason? Well, I, I think there's a case to be made, right? Uh, guys, especially starting pitchers, they're creatures of habit and routine. Um, so, I, yeah, I've, I've seen a couple guys crumble. Uh, down there in terms of not knowing exactly how quickly to get loose. Uh, I've heard guys coming in saying, you know, I, I, that first inning I wasn't really, you know, really fully loose. Now I'm ready to go. It seems to me like it, it's an excuse. Uh, but, again, starting pitchers, creatures of habit. So I don't think it's a huge deal. I wouldn't worry about it, obviously, if Ross Stripling goes into that role. Mm -hmm. I would be a little bit more cautious if it was Jose Barrios. I mean, when's the last time Jose Barrios – uh, made an appearance out of the bullpen, right? But at that point, right, if he is in the bullpen, is it one of those three-inning games for Stripling and then try and hand it over to Barrios for three innings and then back it up on the bullpen? I'm not 100% sure if it's a piggyback-type start. Uh, I, I kind of see more of a see how many times Stripling can go through if he's the starter or Barrios if he's the starter. If he gets through five, then you might just go four innings of bullpen work anyways right mm -hmm. so you might not even see that fourth starter but i have i have heard of some guys going down there and uh and having nightmares but again that's a built-in excuse um i never hear it when they pitch well though right <laughs> only when yep. they uh, give it up so it's like oh you know i, I wasn't really that loose after they gave up four <laughs> but if the guy you know if the guy goes four you know four innings with seven punches he's cake. going you know what see yeah that's you know you know i'm, I'm just a good team player going down there doing my job you know, <laughs> i'll like, do it so. again anytime yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, exactly, right? You mentioned Stripling and Barrios. A couple more starts left. You think this is a tryout for game three of the first round? Sure sure seems like it, right? Looks I mean, like Barrios, five, five, I think five or six consecutive quality starts and right on the heels of Ross Stripling just becoming – uh, well, I'm not going to say becoming, making Hun Jin Ryu just feel totally irrelevant, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, when's the last time we even said Hun Jin Ryu's name? I mean, that's how good Ross mm-hmm. Stripling has been in that, man, how easy would it be to not have a guy like Stripling and then be talking about the loss of Hun Jin for the entire season as the Jays try and fill, find a way to, to fill that void? So it does seem like a tryout. They're both pitching very, very well. I, 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 I'm not sure you can actually go wrong. I, I wonder if money speaks in that situation, but I, I just, for some reason, I seem to trust Ross Stripling a little bit more. I feel like the pitchability, he can navigate around any lineup and isn't really pigeonholed against a certain type of lineup. And, again, you have the ability to to move him around if if you don't want him to start. But it sure seems like it. It seems like those two guys are duking it out. Um, you know, on a, on a little bit of sideshow, if you will. Jansen caught Manoa. Are you surprised it looked the way it did? Not really. Um, you know, Danny's a pro, right? Yeah. And it's gonna take a, it's gonna take some time to figure out you know the sequences and the setups. And remember, I think I think he's only caught him once before, mm-hmm. and uh, it just takes some time, right? But ultimately, I think that what Danny's able to do is make really quick adjustments. Mm-hmm. So. That's always important, and he's a really good communicator in terms of having that dialogue between the starting pitcher, between all the all of the relievers. He's able to find out exactly what they need, make adjustments um, in game. He's really good at that. He he really really prides himself on his defense. And I'll say this: you know, there there have been periods of time where Danny has not really performed with the bat, especially early on coming back from these DL stints. Mm-hmm. But one thing that absolutely has not changed is his defense and it's really hard to come back and stink with the bat and be going you know oh for four oh for four two punches and not let that affect your defense uh danny the entire season has been really really solid on defense i mean when you're not talking about a catcher it's like a good umpire when when you have a good umpire you don't really notice them right yeah so when they're struggling that's when you really notice the catcher back there um but again you have you have a guy that that has a pretty simple game plan in terms of Manoa. Yeah. Um, then it's for me, it's just about sequencing and figuring that out. Then then you're rolling. Yeah, I was going to ask you, what's the hardest thing to catch with him? And I think you just answered it with Manoa. Uh, the hardest the hardest pitch to catch. Yeah. Is, just, uh, I mean, it's probably what's that, hard about yeah, it? yeah. That, that breaking pitch. It's the breaking pitch, just because it it, it it's moving both east and west and north and south. It's mm-hmm. got that really that really bend both sideways it's not necessarily a cutter it's not necessarily a curveball it's not even a slider it's just it's one of those weird hybrid pitches and just trying to figure that out in terms of where your starting point is you know below you want to start below the zone and then work up and when you haven't caught a certain breaking pitch over and over and over sometimes it's 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 easy to have that glove start higher and then as the pitch is coming in like you get that more of a stabby downward action uh, the more you catch it, you figure out, oh, i got to start a little bit lower so I can catch it on the upswing if that makes any sort of Absolutely. sense. You know, the ball's breaking down, your glove's more towards the, the, the ground, so you're countering that angle of the ball coming down with the glove going up, which is what Kirk does so well. And again, it's just reps, right? So mm-hmm. if you have continued reps 
uh, figuring out where that starting point is. I will say, though, Danny's a pretty good framer at the top part of the zone. I think that's because he's more of a bigger guy. When he gets into his two-point stance, he's a little bit higher in the zone, and he does some pretty good work at the top. The bottom is maybe a little bit of a spot where he can continue to work, and Kirk's almost the exact opposite. So Kirk is more lower to the ground. He, his glove starts way lower, and he does some really, really nice work at the bottom part of the zone, but the top part of the zone is where he really struggles. So if you could find a way to mix both of those guys, you would have a number one framer in the league, right? <laughs> That's awesome. Caleb, after that, that blown save against the, the Orioles on Sunday, do you think maybe Jordan Romano will revisit how he uses his fastball slider mix? You know, because we've noticed, we, and you noticed when you were up here as well, hey, there was one game against Tampa, he threw eight consecutive sliders to, to start the right. inning. Um, the slider on Sunday, slider got him in trouble. First pitch slider, John Schneider said later that it's entirely possible the Orioles were sitting slider, which I would do if I was facing Jordan no Mano right now mm-hmm. myself. Sure. Do, you, do you think this right. may cause him to revisit it a bit, though? Like, I know when you've got two pitches, it's you've got a pretty good chance of being right, but... Do you think this will make him revisit it, how how he uses his fastball? Yeah, I'm not 100% sure. I mean, if it was me in that clubhouse trying to uh, mentor him and if I was catching him, I would would really try and lean on the heater because it's dadgum 97 to 99 miles an hour. And Mm -hmm. what I think is I I think you got to get some sort of read first in in the at-bat, right? So you can go up there thinking that they're thinking slider, but you're just thinking. You don't know until you have some sort of read, right? And you can get that read as a catcher by throwing a heater away, right? Most people are not going to be sitting like, you know, way outside, especially down. I know he likes to throw it up, but if you can just get a some sort of read, especially off of a fastball away, the fastball down and away is the best read pitch, it's a low damage pitch if a guy actually swings at it, which most people aren't because they're trying to turn and burn early in the count. You can see if that front hip flies as soon as that fastball's crossing the plate, or you can tell if they're going to take, right? So you're playing this kind of gamble game where you don't know exactly what they're looking, and you might play right into their hands if you don't. So I actually like really throwing a first-pitch fastball up there just to try and get a read. Mm-hmm. And if a guy's able to turn and burn on the very first 99 mile hour fastball that, that he sees from Jordan Romano, then sometimes you tip your cap, right? Mm-hmm. But once he makes a pass or if he takes that pitch, you'll be able to see what he's doing. If that front hip's really flying and cheating, now you know you've got some room for error with the slider. But if he's late, now you know, well, goodness, thank, good, thank, thank goodness I didn't throw a first pitch slider. That might have been right into the bat. So I get it. Like you don't want to be super predictable in your pitches. And when you only have two, it's really easy to become predictable. But I, I just love working off of the fastball because there are guys with medium speed bats that you might think they're cheating for the heater, but it might take two or three at 99 to get caught up to it. So throwing that, you know, 90 mile an hour slider might be right into the bat speed, even though you have a good plan, you might not have the exact read. So I like trying to get a read with him. I just look, Give him the heater, Ricky. I mean, I just I, I like the I like the big number one, but I'm I'm a little bit old school. I like working off number one, especially when a guy has ninety nine to hundred in the tank. Right now, do you think Teoscar's easy to pitch to? Yeah, because he's in between. He's in that he's in that tweener stage where he's late on the fastball and he's early on the off speed. Mm-hmm. And 
it's just it's one of those things that that I spent an entire career staying in that medium spot, and it's Me impossible too. to hit. It there sucks. It, it freaking sucks. <laughs> and so the minute the minute that you try and speed up, like okay, I'm late on the fastball, I got to get going. That's when I start opening up the hip and like extending with the hands. And now they throw me a breaking pitch and I'm rolling over. And then you go back the next step back and you go, okay, I rolled over that slider. I'm going to, I'm going to sit back and wait on. And then he throws you 93 on the inner half. And I'm like, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait. And then you jam it right off your fingers. You're picking your, your fingernails up as you're running to first base. And then you go back and then you say, okay, well, I got jam right there. I'm going to make sure I get early on this time. Then he throws you a breaking ball. Then you're out in front and it just, it never ends. And I spent 15 years doing that back and forth. He is, he's easy to pitch to because he's in that back and forth. When he uses right center, he's so dadgum strong that he can hold the angle of that bat. He can still get, quote, jammed on an inside fastball and really shoot that ball to right field. That's when he really starts to get lofty. And I mean, he starts hitting these real rockets to, to right center field on fastballs that are middle to middle in. And those go to the opposite field. That's when you know that he's in good shape. Now, when he tries to pull that ball and he gets out and around and he hits it on the label and you see these grounders to third, then he starts thinking, oh, man, I got to speed up. And then he's totally vulnerable with the, uh, the breaking pitches on the outer half. So, yeah, watching him struggle really, I, I think I got asked this question a couple of days ago is, what do you think about Tapia? And, you know, it is kind of intriguing, right? I mean, he's just been playing so well. He, he plays really good outfield defense. Never once have you questioned his engagement in the outfield. He finds a way to get big hits at big times. Um, it, it's it's kind of intriguing. I mean, but with that being said, when Teoscar gets going, boy, I tell you what, he is, he is evidenced by the Silver Slugger Award. He can really do some damage. So maybe it's one of, maybe it's one of those, Things where hopefully he, he catches fire right at the right time, right when the team needs him late in the season. Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, it's really well said, and I think I was thinking of John Schneider's comments about Tapia, how the holes find him. You know, he 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 he, he really is an agent of chaos he when he plays. That's why I like watching He's fun. him play. I like him. He does. He do. yeah, he is. He gives you. He, he scares he brings, you. He scares you in a lot of ways. Yeah, he kind of, he sort of reminds me a little bit of like a Rosarena when he's on the base pass. I mean, you yes. know, dreads are flying all over the place. The helmet's rolling into the stand somewhere. You know, ankles, elbows are flying all over the place. Yeah, I've never seen a player, to be honest with you, swing as hard as he can, hit the ball, thinks he hit it to right field, <laughs> but he hits it to left field, and it finds a hole. I mean, <laughs> the guys just have a knack. You know what I'm talking about, Bart? Yeah, you know exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. <laughs> And it, 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 you know exactly what I'm talking about. And he just finds holes. And some there are players that just have a knack for finding holes. You know, they can miss yeah. the barrel. Sometimes the barrel's overrated. They miss the barrel, and it like it's perfectly placed right over the infielder, right in front of the outfielder. I mean, me, if I didn't hit the barrel, like the, the shortstop was running, running in, calling the pitcher off. Like, I got it, I got it, I got it. Like, he's got a way, you know, he's got a way of finding holes, and he just gets big hits. I think like yeah. two months ago, I looked up a stat. I think it was he had 36 RBIs or something. Like 24 of them were either given, had given the Jays the lead or or tied the game. And I know it's hard to, to, to quantify clutch, but, I mean, he finds a way right when yeah. the team needs him to either get on base, start a rally, and he brings an element of speed at first, too, which we saw in the race series. Is mm-hmm. He brings a dynamic that's sort of interesting. And when you have a player in Teoscar that's not really – doing much right now and a player who can provide some other intangibles it is it's sort of interesting i'm glad i'm not john schneider having to even potentially think about that 
Caleb, really good stuff, Great man. Stuff. We'll see you soon. Thanks a okay. lot. Okay. All right. You got it. We'll see, see you. Caleb Joseph, Blue Jay Central analyst. <laughs> it's it's true about Tapia, man. The I'm jealous. It was it was both eyes on the baseball. Keep your head down. Get to your finish. That dude's taking big what daddy is it? hacks. What, what is I it? Just, is it just some of it's it, luck? Arms, I think it, luck, it is luck a little, but hand-eye coordination, hand, bat I mean, I speed. Know. I mean, he's he is what he is. I he's think quick. I think he's bought into that. I am what I am. I'm not going to change. Right. You know, I'm going to try and hit the ball in the air now. I'm in the American League. These smaller ballparks I'm playing here in. I think he may have tried uh, that initially, and then he just said, oh, the ball on the really? ground's overrated, isn't it? Yeah. I like him, but oh, you something does, else. doesn't sound like he's going to play a lot. He'll we'll play see. He'll play enough, but not a lot. I mean, ultimately, 15 games. Perfect amount of games for him to play. Eight, nine, 10, 11, six. I would say I would say it's closer to six. I would, it is eleven. I would say five. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I would say five. Me too. I mean, I'm. Almost, I hate to say it. I almost feel kind of. You're almost kind of obligated to take Oscar. In Are a way. you really? It's about winning. No, but I, I'm saying I think the Jays. I think John Schneider and the sounds staff like would he feel is. obligated. Sounds like he is. But the year he's had. I'll tell you what this. What they've much. had to do with Teoscar. I'll tell you this much. I would not be. Af- I I would not be afraid to use Tapia. I don't think he's afraid. I would not be afraid to it's use not that. Tapia. Uh, I think it's about the room. Yep. Yeah, sounds like it. Uh, boy, we just got we got five minutes left for Barker's back leg bits. If we don't get to a lot of them today, uh, we will tomorrow. Uh, you can DM us. DMs are always open. My Twitter handle They're is not us. Jeff Blair. DM me because <laughs> you don't have Twitter, which is another issue. That That's not an issue. We, smart. It is smart. Uh, chance I'd do it. CJ Bob wants to uh, give me a little shout out here. Give Hooch. Well, and credit Ross Atkins for not picking up Frankie oh. Montas. Yeah. Remember when I told you guys? Remember what I told you guys? You were like, uh, yeah, they, they, they might have. Frankie Montas. If they had enough to get him. Gosh. They didn't have Montas. enough to you get him. You don't need Frankie. What, what do you want to bring a guy in who's going to spend all his time in the trainer's room? Mm, that's not it. It is. The, guy, the guy's got, the guy's got a bad wing, man. The Yankees. One, one five-inning start where he hit 100. That's good enough to to convince you that he's, he's overcome. He's not he's not making the roster right now. If you read the New York papers, he's not making the he's not going to make the roster. He's got a, he's had an emergency. He's not going to make the roster. Mm, we'll see. Brutal. <laughs> Man, feel, everybody you feel good about yourself. Yeah, I do. Everybody, <laughs> everybody is like the Brio stripling thing. Let's just. It's fun to talk about. I know, but they let's have options. Wait. Which but is cool. People are saying, "Do you have?" We don't. Neither Kevin or I know. We'll wait and see. This is does. this is a trial. They may not know. It's a trial. I think it is. I a do trial. think Caleb said one thing that we need to remember, and that is, one of the guys is used to coming out of the bullpen. One of the guys isn't. So the question is, mm. if you don't use Jose Barrios as a starter. Are you basically? Does that mean you're not going to have him the whole series, or, or is he? Is he, Does that mean he's not going to be any good? For, for me, that means you go to your pen. I'm not using him out of the. I, I'm not using so one of those two guys out of the bullpen. I'm using my bullpen. 
That's what I'm doing. So I you, would start whoever. So you're not. And my pen's coming. Wow. Okay, so you're not going to use Jose no. Barrios in a. In, I, that's who you're going with? In a wild card game. No, I'm saying <laughs> you, you're not going to do that. No, maybe not. Wow. Depends on where it's at. What, what the, the scoreboard will tell me everything. How about that? Everything. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I just, I. I and then you, can, then you can start him in game one against the Astros. Yeah, good luck. Aries VL wants to know, do we think the Jays have a realistic chance of catching the Yankees for first in the AL right. East? That's that's in your wheelhouse. Go ahead. Nah, they got to be – I mean, you've got to be three and a half back with that three-game series coming saying. in and then sweep the Yankees. I don't think answer. it's going to happen. This is my answer. If Springer, Vladdy, Kirk, Bo, Teoscar, and Chapman all get hot and at the same time for the next 15 games, it doesn't they matter. got a chance. It doesn't if matter they don't, if the Yankees, if the Yankees if sweep they don't, the Pirates. It doesn't matter. If they don't. It, it doesn't I'm going matter. with my answer better. Your answers. Go ahead, say it. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> say it. I'm not gonna. I, I'm. I'm not. I'm just. I'm not. You gonna almost say said it. I'm not. Say I, it, Jeff. I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> Who starts the second base of the playoffs started Espinal. today? That's a slam dunk. That's an easy one. I'm Do going we for need defense. Vigio's left-handed bat in the uh, lineup. For no, what? Take seven. Game pitches? one. I'm, I have, I have, game one. I'm. I'm with I you. Mean, I like Kevin, but I'm with you. I gotta I mean, go I, with. I, I. I've got to go with. Uh, I mean, if he's hitting homers, maybe. But no, I gotta go with Espinal. Go with that. He's oozing like, oh, here comes Gavin. No, and I've got to maximize. I have to maximize my defense. I've got to go with Espinosa. Yeah, me too. I really do. Oh, it's a music starting up. Our folks in TV can't hear it, though. So, Because someone, yesterday you were making the trumpeting move. We're using Edwin Diaz, Edwin Diaz's walk-up, walk-off music to end the show. I won't do it. And Barker started doing this I'm yesterday. And somebody it, somebody uh, sent a uh, somebody sent an email. I was wondering, it was like. An email? Was, or a uh, DM, DM email, and wanted to know, is Barker, uh, like, what was he doing with that? Turn on the radio. I'm just saying. That's it for us. Hey, we're doing Blue Jays talk tonight. What? It's a 645 start. Hey, Did you earlier. know? Earlier. 645 start. We'll be doing Blue Jays talk after tonight's game. We'll be back here tomorrow, 10 to noon Eastern, Sportsnet 590 fans, Sportsnet 360. I'll be here. I don't know about Barker. You'll be here. I know you'll be here. Don't forget, rate, review, and subscribe if you're listening via pod. Have a great day.